Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Well, the aim of our preaching today is to meditate on the gospel text and to see from it that the things in which Jesus interacts with, the ordinary things of life, that as he touches it, they become quite extraordinary. This is a a great divide between the way that the world typically views the mundane. The world is often blinded by what is ordinary, supposing that fascination is better found in the extremes of life. The mundane is dull or necessary, but not exactly what you could call extraordinary. So we live with this sense that if something is to be special, it must live and be beyond the routine. Yet when Jesus was born, the world saw him only as a child, a child in a manger, and the humility of his flesh. The fanfare of that angelic message and meeting was limited to just a few people, and most didn't think much of of Jesus in that extraordinary way. Even as he grew in stature, the scripture adds that Jesus became wise also. It is a mystery, but clearly Jesus, God in the flesh, sought the ordinary way in order to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, particularly in our sin, in our sinful flesh. In the Bible, we hear of David's among Goliaths, the seemingly weak who God uses to humble the extraordinarily strong. And in doing so, he shows, in fact, his greater might in using those who are ordinary and simple and perhaps even dim. In God's way of doing things, the ordinary becomes quite extraordinary. When Jesus was crucified, his flesh was to those who put him there on the cross as simply an object of of their will, of their desire. And his blood shed was proof of their authority and power over him. And yet Jesus speaks, particularly to Pilate, that none authority would be given to him unless God himself had ordained it. And what do we see then, three days after this crucifixion? That Jesus, of his own will of his own authority, of his own power, resurrects his own body to life. A seemingly ordinary body that in him is is extraordinary. That is the message of the incarnational flesh of Jesus. Jesus makes what is impossible, rising from the dead, possible. And he is able to make what is ordinary something quite extraordinary. This is the message of today's gospel, to underscore how the ordinary is extraordinary. And you may remember that when Jesus called his first disciples, they were all fishing throughout the night, and they did not catch a thing. Then in today's gospel, in our text for today, after fishing all night in the same way, the disciples, Simon Peter at the lead here, he didn't catch a thing all night again. If you had me for any sort of instruction, whether that's catechesis or in Bible study, I just mentioned this actually minutes ago, and, and uh, you'll know that I love these 
love to emphasize these, these story arcs, these Bible bookends that we see in Scripture, that here we have the disciples, or at least a handful of them, in their first encounter with Jesus, meeting him in this quite ordinary way as they are fishing, and then once more as they greet their Lord in his resurrection in the same fashion. In the beginning, before Jesus is known, some of the men who will uh, be his disciples are fishermen. And they have no idea that Jesus is going to be calling them into a ministry. And then fast forward after the resurrection, and the men know of their ministry, but are lost without Jesus. Seemingly without Jesus before, but now impossibly directionless without him. At first, they don't know of their need of Jesus as their Savior. But then you fast forward, and they don't know what to do with themselves without him. We see in both instances, Jesus uses fishing to speak to a greater need. Jesus uses the ordinary life of these fishermen, calling them into the extraordinary life of a preacher, to go to all the ends of the world to proclaim the gospel. They go from catching fish to, as Jesus will describe it, catching men or bringing people into God's gospel and saving message of grace. For our purposes today, it's important to see that what Jesus is doing by the Sea of Tiberias after his resurrection is on face value, Jesus simply calling his disciples to fish like they are used to. But today, they reel in the net with a huge catch. And subsequently, they eat a breakfast together. An ordinary breakfast, it would seem at first. But it goes beyond the ordinary, beyond the circumstances. We see these events and their encounter, uh, the disciples' encounter with Jesus as being hardly anything as what one could call ordinary. If this were a movie, you'd have here the flashback scene that connects the present day to that revelation that they see before them. The present day as they see, uh, had seen themselves in their first encounter with Jesus. The scene would be uh, complete, uh, would, would complete the thought of the disciples uh, of then and, and now. How they started off fishing to their present fishing endeavor. That the catching of fish was then, in their life then, to their catching of men and proclaiming the gospel to the world now. And you would see this revelation in their, in their eyes. The ordinary man giving fishing pointers on the shore is none other than Jesus, who is calling them into the fishing practice of proclaiming the gospel to the world. And for all practical purposes, that is what the final chapter of John is all about. We see the whole story of Jesus in this grand unfolding of the ordinary life. To be sure, Jesus will soon be known the world over as anything but ordinary. But for now, the disciples are still coming to grips with his power and his resurrection. Jesus has perfectly put the disciples in this similar arrangement that they had once encountered him at the beginning. He physically constructs their ordinary life to illustrate his divine revelations. This perfectly illustrates the, the incarnational word, the word made flesh, the word that lives tangibly. 
Now, words are not typically considered living things, tangible things. They are ordinary speech, common, everyday sort of language. But with Jesus, the word is living, active, physical. John's gospel means to express this reality, to emphasize the living, active, and physically present, resurrected, word-made flesh, Jesus. In other words, Jesus is not some mere phantom, but a truly present, authoritative word in the flesh. And what this means is that who Jesus is and the word that Jesus speaks is himself and the same person. When we look upon the Son of God, we look upon the physical word, the word that creates, the word that reconciles, the word that proclaims himself as a living word that is able to make we who are dead in our sins and trespasses alive at his very speaking, alive at his word. Nothing then is ordinary from the mouth of the one who creates. Nothing is ordinary in the hands of the potter. We are a new creation, formed and reformed by his grace. Likewise, when Jesus today calls the disciples children, it takes on a new meaning of God's children. Or when he tells them to eat with him, the meal is more than an everyday kind of breakfast. When Jesus asks Peter if he loves him, after having tragically denied Jesus three times leading up to his crucifixion, we see here that this exchange goes beyond mere conversation. It is the extraordinary call into repentance and the restoration of Peter by the grace of God. And when Jesus speaks that tangible word of grace, saying, feed my sheep, it is nothing less than the disciples' call to be a minister of the gospel into all the nations. Those things which are seemingly ordinary speech and action are in and from Christ amazing and quite extraordinary things. And into all the nations the disciples will go, entering the lives of ordinary people with the extraordinary gospel of Jesus. They will preach the ordinary in Jesus Christ and use from him his own hands to do extraordinary things, the extraordinary, show the extraordinary work of God among them. You, you are his masterpieces. You are his masterpieces. Despite all your abstractions into temptations and all the flaws of your and my sins, you are his ordinary works of art chosen to be his people of grace. The Easter message is confirmed among the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias in our text and confirmed not only then, but also today among us. It is this message of the crucified and risen Jesus that remains the only victorious word, the only victorious message that brings salvation. Simple fishermen, ordinary men, and a notorious 
persecutor turned evangelist named Paul will transform the world with this message, with these words of Jesus and Jesus' death and resurrection. Their lives forever changed by Jesus is what forever changes you and me. Today, when, when you, you graduates, you confirmands, everyone who is seated here and listening, when you go out from here to live your ordinary life, when you go back to your home or work or back to your studies or for our graduates when you leave and go into the world beyond these doors to enter into vocations of your own, hear this. You are extraordinary to the Lord who redeemed you. Beware of the world's temptations and entrapments, its promises that are only a mirage of what is truly extraordinary, like money or status, that to the Lord are idle pitfalls when we allow such things to change us and transform us out of his grace and into greed. Before you are many wonders, but the most precious thing of all is the life lived in and from Christ Jesus. The disciples, especially Peter, was a witness to this message. And from his life to yours today, Jesus is calling us to follow him. Follow Jesus into the world with the word of life upon your lips. Follow Jesus into the church to be strengthened week after week. Follow Jesus. He is the source and the substance of your redemption, your forgiveness. He is your extraordinary giver of grace and mercy to prepare you for what is wonderfully ordinary. These are not idle pitfalls, but the words of eternal life. Jesus is the word of life. Follow him to his holy supper, where he feeds your faith with his forgiveness. Follow him and your life will be anything but what the world slanders as ordinary or simple. He doesn't promise you fame or fortune. But what Jesus does promise is his extraordinary love that follows you wherever you go. His extraordinary love that claims you as his own child. His extraordinary love that leaves you full of grace and truth. Another way of putting this is that when Jesus told Peter to feed my lambs, to tend my sheep, to feed my sheep, he wasn't just thinking about the world. He was speaking of you specifically. Your name wasn't on his lips, but he knew you then as he knows you now. As Peter says, Lord, you know all things. This is true even today. To Jesus, each of you are the most extraordinary kind of ordinary, worth spending the most precious price to feed you the price of his own blood. And so he gave and gives of himself to you. His word save and his flesh and blood continue to give you the forgiveness of sins. You have only to hear and eat what is seemingly ordinary, but what is truly extraordinary. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia.